Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast coming to you from a galaxy far, far away. On this episode, we dig into Pedro Pascal's cheeky little insights into potential Star Wars crossovers with The Mandalorian, some badass hot toys, dark troopers, how we're going to see Battlefront 3, and Obi-Wan Kenobi is not getting the reception that he expected in a little English village called Marlow. But before we dig into that... Obviously, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Patreon because if you want some swag, my main man is designing some new swag as we speak. So you're going to be able to get some brand new stickers over on the Patreon page. Plus, you can get involved and support the show that you love right here at patreon.com slash sparkofrebellion. And hit us up on the socials, of course. Just do a search on your favorite social media platform. Personally, friend reunited for me. Do a little search for Spark of Rebellion. Hit us up. We'll be there for another Star Wars bants. Now, without further ado, I'm going to bring on the man that held down the show last week. If you can call that holding it down. It's up to you. Leave a review on iTunes. It is, of course, Mr. Gary Earlett, the wildest Wookiee in the West. The Aries man. This side of Camino, And the guy that can never be cloned. Because, frankly, who would want to? Here he is, Mr. Gary Earlett. All right, dude? All right. Yeah, you wouldn't want any Saturday. clones of... Uh, you wouldn't want any clones of... And the G unit running around, that wouldn't be good. Wouldn't be good. G unit. Yeah, Camino. Crikey. So first of all, yeah. you say, you know, I'm knocking around Camino, but then I shouldn't be cloned. It's like Okay. He hasn't made his mind up on that, but alright. Actually, what would be what would happen? <laughs> it's like you <laughs> You got to the door and you're like, ah, don't know about this actually. Yeah. So I only live around the corner. And I've seen you guys <laughs> doing some stuff. What you got? Talk to me. So one fella walk in, so 50 walk out. What's that all about? Got any of that for me? In a weird way, it would be cool to be cloned. But the problem is that you, you wouldn't want an exact clone. You would want to lower the IQ just by a couple, because otherwise that clone's going to argue with you when you delegate what you want that clone to do. Uh, you see what I mean? That's right, actually. Yeah, it's like going clean out the garage. You'll be like, why am I doing it? Like, we're equal. You go yeah. and do it, and then you're going to, yeah, you know what I mean. So you want one that's a bit, sti- a bit, a bit stupid, a little bit thick. So like, go and clean out the garage. Oh, yes, I was hoping you'd going to ask me to do that, because I've been wanting to do it I'd for love days. to move all that terps. I just want to move the terps. Yes, please. The problem is, how would you visually distinguish yourself? You'd have to get them to put some, either an imperfection or something that you wanted to fix on that clone. Do you know what I mean? So say like you thought to yourself, do you know what? Got a bit of a nose that I just I just wish it was a little bit smaller. You'd be like, I know you didn't do this for the last lot, but that was a bit of a batch job. The I only want three of these, and I know the price is going to go up per unit, but I'm hoping you can do you do me a deal on it. And I'm not expecting a quick turnaround. Can you make the nose smaller? Yeah, here's a few extra quid. Like it's twenty quid under the table. Make that mm. nose a bit smaller. You can shift that nose as well. Or what you could do is you could sort of do some sort of mental imprint thing where when they wake up, they truly believe they're Mandalorian. So they have to wear a helmet at all times. So when your mates <laughs> come over, they're like, why is he wearing a helmet? Don't ask. Just let him carry on. There you go. Better not ask. <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad we cleared that one up. I, 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 you know, it'd be all right if you were cloned because then you could co-host the show on your own. I could have Friday off. Well, imagine a world where that would happen. Crazy. Hi, Gary. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> do you mind if I have the day off today, Gary? Of course you can, Gary. That's not, that's not me in bed with another guy called Gary. That's, <laughs> I'm the... <laughs> oh, God. It reminds me of an old episode of Red Dwarf where Rimmer, Rimmer um, they do another hologram of Rimmer. And at the beginning, it's wonderful. They're like living together, all amazing. And then they end up just rucking and rowing until they, they turn the other one off. <laughs> that would probably happen. That would probably Maybe happen. Not. Well, you know, we'll, we'll explore. If we get enough on the old Patreon, I'd just we'll give the Camino ones a ring. They'll be on Google Maps or Yelp or something. We'll find them, hit them up, get some gas clones. That's a winner. But in the meantime... I suppose we better do some news. We better get better get some 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 news out there. It's been a busy busy week for Star Wars fans. But before I do that, what's been going on in your Star Wars world this week, dude? Thanks for holding the fort down last week, by the way. No worries, dude. It's been good to see you talk about the latest Star Wars news, which I'm really hyped for. I think that's a wonderful decision, you know, to boot EA out of the exclusivity camp. Get them out. Yep, and open it up. I so the, that first game that was announced from Ubisoft, the big open world Star Wars game, looks awesome, dude. Maybe by the time that comes out, you'd have got yourself a PS5 or a Series X or something by then. Wow. Well, so we can jump into it's that. to be a fine thing. We'll have some uh, spark, <laughs> some spark of rebellion um, gaming stuff happening over there. That'd be good. And uh, But in terms of Star Wars, not too much, to be honest with you. The only thing I've done is I'm almost finished with the, um, the first High Republic book. Um, the Light of the Jedi. So uh, I know you started reading that. I get the old updates on, on Goodreads. I get an email through every couple of days. Oh, and do you? That's fancy. Well, yeah, it just tells me that the, my friends over on Goodreads, it tell me what they're, what they're reading, what their progress is. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I expected this. I knew it. I knew I was waiting to see. Mark, Mark Asquith has started reading Light of the Jedi. So here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here we I go. I finished that Empire book. Who else is thinking oh. about leaving Dawn? <laughs> so yeah. I've I'm finished all... <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh you'll have a mutiny on your hands yeah so I I'm almost done with that I think according to my Kindle anyway I'm like 87% through so another another session I'd have done that so I'm enjoying that so far dude it's um I wouldn't say it's the most it, it's it's the best Star Wars book that's ever come out but it's certainly a very good read and it's a good introduction to that whole era and a good insight into those the new jedi dudes uh, other than that mate nothing really just a bit of reading what about you pretty much the same dude i uh, finished empire strikes back uh, from a certain point of view which was average at best some really good stories but the rest of them just dragged that down and uh then moved on to the same dude light of the jedi which <clears throat> is is quite interesting it's, it's sort of a bad it's like when the force awakens first came out isn't it it's like oh i better not do too much but then at the same time better make it decent and it's uh, i mean it's got a bit of bad press online and i know we're going to talk about it next week which i'll go into in a second um <clears throat> but it's yeah i'm enjoying it i mean there's a lot to take in but the, there are some very interesting notes that i've made on it some very interesting kind of things that I think will be interesting to talk about. And speaking of which, for you, the ever-present listener, we've got something brand new for you. Starting next week, next Friday, we have a live recording over on YouTube of our podcast, which comes out on Saturday. We always release our shows on a Saturday, and we record them on a Friday now, because the Mandalorian is finished, so we can go back to recording on a Friday. So... We're going to actually live stream over on our brand new YouTube channel. It's that fresh. We don't have a username yet, but just go to YouTube 
and just search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll see us, and there's a live stream there for the 29th at 3 p.m. UK, which is 10 a.m. Eastern for all you US beauties. Um, so come over there. We're going to talk next week. We're going to do a live recording of this podcast, and the topic of that entire show is going to be Light of the Jedi Review, because Gazzle finished it, Ala finished it, Jobs are good, and Bob's your uncle, Fan is your aunt. We're going to do a cheeky little review. So come over there, go and give us a sub over on YouTube, and we're going to be doing a little bit more over there. Um, it's just fun to live stream. We've been wanting to do it for a while, haven't we, dude? But um, finally getting round to it. So looking forward to that. You excited for that? I am, mate, yeah. We've got the check come through from, from Wernham Hogg, the solicitors, after being booted out. So we're going to use that not to form a record company, but we're going to do that to work up some assets for our YouTube channels. Yeah, I'm excited for that, dude. It'll be a good, it'll be a good, um, uh, another good way to to uh, get the the Star Wars news and everything out to some more some more viewers. Be good. I agree, man. Looking forward to. It. And we're going to dig in some news in just one second. But I just want to ask you one very serious question: Are you a web designer by any chance? It's just and the reason I ask is that based on this video that we've got right now, it looks like you've got a costume on that makes you look like a web designer. The old plaid shirt, the old checkered shirt, classic web designer attire. Um, I might be. Um, when I woke up this morning, I was like, I'm doing some things. I don't know. It's this program. I don't know what it's called. I used it last week. Figma, I think. Yeah. And I'm pushing pixels around and it's like coloring in at school. It's pretty sweet. But I thought I'm going to get into the right mindset and put a plaid shirt on and, and go for it. So I wouldn't say I'm a web designer yet. I'm sort of Padawan level. But I'm getting there. You'll get there. I'll get there. You've got a lot to learn. But yeah, it's a classic. I used to have like 30,000 um, before I got fat. <laughs> and then it was like, <laughs> can't wear that shirt anymore. Better not buy that. Better wear something more flexible. So I'm with you. We've all got those shirts. It's the classic digital person attire, isn't it? I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, my favorite web designer. Let's dig in some toys. So first up, over on NNE, NME, easy for you to say. Pedro Pascal, you know that guy that's always leaving the Mandalorian, according to said rumours, cheeky cheeky naughty naughty BS BS. Well, <laughs> he's come out, he's done a little bit of naughtiness as well. So, you know, obviously we're all gagging for this news about the Mandalorian season three, four and beyond. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if it's like, we know it's kind of coming out in probably 2022 now. We've got the Book of Boba Fett, we've got Ahsoka, we've got the Acolyte, we've got Range of the Republic, we've got all sorts of uh, good stuff, including, of course, Cassian Andor and Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Like, fair to say, we've got a fair bit of stuff. But the Mandalorian Season 3 continues to be the thing that we really want to know about. So I told Pedro's come out, hasn't he? He's come out, and he's enemies uh, reported that he's done an interview with IndieWire, and we're reporting that enemy have reported that he's done an interview with IndieWire. <laughs> and... He's come out and basically said, I'm going to just read this, right? Directly off enemy. We're not, I didn't write this. It's, I'm told what's happening and what the plan is, said Pedro. <laughs> They're in an expansion of this world where there are so many unexpected surprises and timelines that are going to be dealt with. Basically, what he said is that we're going to cross over with some stuff and it's not going to be obvious, which I think we've learned from Mandalorian season two that everything that we predicted, you know, most part just basically was completely wrong. Um, you know, so they get into grips with these surprises and, and Pedro's kind of come out and reaffirmed that. Obviously, you can't talk about this too much, but whilst I don't think there's that much of a surprise with this, the thing that I did want to talk about and the thing that I wanted to focus on with this bit of news was the word timelines. The word timelines, where there are so many unexpected surprises and timelines that are going to be dealt with. Now, the crossover stuff, you kind of expect, like, look at this, it's Ahsoka and it's crossing over because it's all happening around the same time. 
I saw a little bit of speculation this week about the fact that the Ahsoka show will take place before the post credits kind of scene in Rebels, you know, that five-year time jump. There was speculation that the Ahsoka show will take place before that, which is quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, but this timeline thing, dude, that's that could be quite interesting. Any, anything that, that kind of piques your interest with that? Uh, yes and no. So no, because it's just Pedro Pascal giving us some unconfirmed stuff at this point. Uh, they are in the expansion of the world where there are so many unexpected surprises and timelines that are going to be dealt with. I wonder if he's just been involved in some early production stuff and he's got wind mm-hmm. of what the producers and everybody are, are, are trying to, what their long-term plan is. So no from that point, but very much yes. Excited about that because I think in order to in order to accomplish sort of a longevity across moving forward on Disney Plus. I think they do need to, if, if they're going to do everything in this one timeline, this little bubble, that's going to get very crowded pretty soon. So in order to um, to keep that fresh, I reckon they will need to jump around a wee bit because otherwise it will be, oh, remember between 2000 and, remember when in between 2020 and the year 2027, like Everything happened in these few years in the Star Wars timeline. It would be like just so crowded and nuts. So, yeah, man, I think if they can shift that around a bit, throw in some characters for some different timelines. The obvious thing is to go to that, the um, the world between worlds thing that we saw in Rebels. Mm-hmm. The obvious thing is to explore that a little bit. But how they'll how they'll do that on live action, I'm not really sure. But but it's interesting, dude, and it's a nice little nice little seed that's been planted. Mm. Yeah, it's quite fascinating, that. actually. Good point, dude, because Ahsoka is, is, you know, in live action so far, she's the one person that knows about the world between worlds and that's been there, so it is canon. Um, it's interesting, you know, the whole multiversal kind of timeline stuff is something that Star Wars has really stayed away from. You know, we're not we're not living in this uh, Kelvin-verse like Star Trek where it's like, oh, look, all the extended universe took place in one timeline, then this thing happened and it shattered into this. Although, like, there's none of that. It's just reboot. Um so that could be quite interesting, dude. I don't know. It doesn't feel that Star Warsy, that though, does it? You know, time travel's always felt a little out of the realm of Star Wars. It's sort of Star Wars feels a little bit more humble than time travel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, Matt. It's um, it's almost feel like it's it feels like it's been reserved for the most unique of storylines that's only used mm-hmm. like literally once every ten years. They explore that time travel thing because I think yeah, it does. It does open up a lot of. On one hand, it does open up a lot of potential creativity but on the other hand it's so difficult to keep to keep things um uh, not linear because you want to get away from that with time travel anyway but you know what i mean it's difficult to maintain um not having big plot holes all over the place time travel just introduce the second you start doing it it's just plot hole city everywhere look like the terminator films back to the future there's probably a million youtube videos and blog articles around why these things don't make sense because of the laws of time travel and stuff like that. It's almost universal regardless of the franchise. So I think if they do explore it, it'd be cool, but it's just so hard to maintain sort of plot, um, you know, a, a rigid plot structure without it, you know, picking holes in it. So yeah, man, it's cool, but I'm worried a little bit about that. 
I agree, my man. Speaking of YouTube, great point. We'll be live over there next week, remember? <laughs> you beautiful listener, 3 p.m. UK time for our first ever live stream. Come along, search for Spark of Rebellion. So you're into your toys, aren't you? Well. What? Steady. Mm, Saturday. I am into my toys. Hot indeed. toys. Yes. And uh, speaking there of you YouTube, are. when we do our live stream, you're about to see some toys behind me. On the shelf. Oh, doing a live stream. When's that, guys? Oh, uh, I think next week, I it? think it's next Friday, roughly three p.m. Mm. Greenwich Mean Time. So sure, come over. GMT. <laughs> yeah, G Unit dropping some bombs as normal. Bringing the toys, bringing the toys, and bringing the heat. Speaking of heat and toys, hot toys. I should be on radio, mate. Actually, that was that good. So, <laughs> no. It was shit, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Hot Toys unveils the Mandalorian's Dark Trooper figures. This is according to ComingSoon.net, which has a very startling, very startling kind of old school looking website. So you're into your toys. I'm into my toys. We all like a bit of clobber. So these are obviously the Death Troopers from the Mandalorian, the version three Death Trooper without the human um, element to them. So big old droids um, that Luke Skywalker, spoiler alert, consistently took down and just beat the ass out of. Um, but, dude, these look badass. Like, I'm just going to quickly read through the feature list right here. So you've got the helmet, which has got LEDs on it, battery-operated, really kind of nice shiny black armor that looks like it's been put together really quite nice. The detail on these, because the joints are noted as being silver as well, and they do look badass. We're talking over a foot tall, um, plenty of articulation, um, lots of different ways to kind of compose this figure, but in particular, um, obviously you've got a couple of hand options that you've got. You've got your fist, your open hands, uh, and the rifle as well. So this is really quite interesting. I mean, these are not small figures. You know, we've all got kind of the figurines in the background, everything uh, from the Black Series through to the Little Bloody Pop Funko through to Lego. But this feels really quite premium, dude. You know, this looks really quite um, nice. I know Hot Toys, is, Hot Toys stuff is always really premium stuff. Um, so what are your thoughts on this? It's coming out in mid-2022, and I'm, I'm sort of a... Personally, I always get a bit like, well, it's a new thing. Like, I kind of want an old... Like, I want older characters when I'm getting my Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want some... I want the classics. Um, but this does look badass. You know, outside of it looking like a Cylon, it looks pretty sweet. Are you thinking about this one? What are your thoughts on it from a toy collector's perspective? Hmm. Yeah. No, I think it, I agree with you. It looks badass. It looks really good. And that's just the the quality of Hot Toy stuff is really good. So this is part mm -hmm. of their six scale range. And the, the, the cool thing about that is they do this really good mix of, not so much with things like this where it's uh, somebody's wearing a helmet, but if you've bought or if you've seen any of their six scale figure line, which is actually a, a human head sculpt, it pretty much looks bang on to the actor's or the character's face. It's really cool. So they have this really good combination of making them look very, very authentic, but the articulation is really good and all the accessories that come with them. So you can normally get these posed in whatever sort of action or classy pose you want. And they, they do end up looking really good. If you uh, research any anyone, again, head over to YouTube, that place where we're going to be next week, next Friday. They've, all, they've normally got, if you just do a search for like, Hot Toys collection or Hot Toys six scale collection. There's a ton of, of YouTubers who collect collect these, and when you get them all together in a nice cabinet with some lighting and stuff, they can look really really nice. But the problem with me, and I think I mentioned this ages ago when you asked me about it, is that I'm afraid that if I jump into this line, I'm going to be bankrupt 
relatively quickly afterwards because they're not that cheap. This one's $260, which is about, I don't know, 200 quid, 190 quid, something like that in UK pounds. So I know that if I get this, that's going to be the start of a journey of just buying loads of other. And it's not just Star Wars. They do every, you know loads of different franchises as well. So I do like it, dude. I think it looks good. But if I'm in all honesty, this probably wouldn't be my jumping in point anyway. I'd probably go and hunt down one of the cool uh, Vader six uh, scale figures, which look really cool. They did a good Luke one as well. And I think they did a really badass Boba Fett one. Yeah, so I think that's great, dude. Just not jumping in point for me. What about you? Similar mindset, dude. Um, do you know, I love collecting stuff and being a collector of things, but the problem is that unless you've got the room for it, unless you've got the budget for for continuing the collection, but also like the, the peripheral and the ancillary bits that you need, like you said, you need the case and... You know, like with, with the Lego stuff, you can get the Wicked Brick stuff. There's, I've got a couple of those and it's like, dude, you could just, you know, every little thing you could just, you could completely go down this rabbit hole with, buy the lighting, buy everything. And as much as I love it, it I'm the same as you, dude. I think it's dangerous to do. And, and and like I said, you know, at the beginning, I would, I'd do the same as you. I'd go right back to, I'm going to get me a Luke, you know, the Return of the Jedi Luke six scale or whatever. And just because it, it feels, um, it feels like if you if you get into collecting something, like it feels like you kind of want the obvious stuff to start with. It's like that becomes the central point of the collection and everything else is kind of an add-on. Not an add-on, but you know what I'm saying, like a peripheral, like an extended, almost like its own extended kind of universe to it. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. I think it would be amazing to get into it. But, geez, like imagine, you know, you'd need 15 of these, you'd need 10 of these, you'd need 20 of these, and, and, and they're a foot each. That's a hell of a lot of room, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you need some space for this. Um so it would be good. I'll probably give it a pass. Um, and I would imagine as well that it's one of those things that when you're down in Camden Market, you're down in the copy, comic book or the collector's store, you're like, do you know what? Actually, they've got that on sale for 100 quid in three years' time. Yeah, go on. <laughs> it's one of those, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Speaking of uh, speaking of kind of the toy realm, switching up to video games, you, you talked last week about the fact that we've got Ubisoft developing this, this brand new open world Star Wars game. It sounds like it might not be the only Star Wars game that's coming out. This time, back to EA, there's been a little bit of speculation over on comicbook.com, speculating that, actually, Battlefront 3 is about to be announced. Now, I know you were, you were a huge Battlefront 2 fan, and I was kind of dipped in and out of it. I've played Fallen Order much more than, than I did Battlefront 2, but the speculation was rife. A couple of the voice actors were, 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 were kind of working on a top-secret project together. So, obviously, everyone thought, well, stand by. This is probably Battlefront 3. Um... On one hand, I get it, you know, the the, the new Ubisoft things come out, the, the open world stuff. We've got another potential bit of gaming news, maybe gaming news in a second. Um, surely you'd think EA would want to announce something, but then you'd probably think that'd be Fallen Order 2. You would guess maybe Fallen Order 2 would be more prominent uh, than, uh, than anything else. So, I don't know, dude. Battlefront 3 coming down the wire? What do we think? Is there room for it? Is it interesting? Is it? Can we develop a good campaign? What What does it need to do to keep you interested? Is it? Is it just? Is it a rumour? Is it not coming? What say the uh, video game god? <laughs> yeah, this is an in, a, a real interesting one. Battlefront 3, because I don't think it would be a, a huge surprise if it was announced, put it that way. The reason I say that is because EA are now they've got some competition. So they, they, they put out this tweet and I spoke about this on last week's show. They put out this tweet a couple of days after 
that new Lucasfilm Games division of Lucasfilm kicked kicked up and we saw the little trailer for that and, and then this Ubisoft and all these other things announced. And then they put this tweet out to say, <clears throat> I think it was a not necessarily damage control, but it was a little bit like a confirmation that everything is rosy between EA and, and Disney Lucasfilm. And they were saying, you know, we've loved our relationship with, with these guys and we're going to continue with our relationship. We've got these plenty of good Star Wars games coming and all the rest of it. So I think EA are going to be hot on the heels of this recent gaming announce these these other announcements from other studios and whatnot just to keep themselves relevant in the Star Wars gaming uh, universe. So it wouldn't be a, a, a huge surprise. But on the other hand, I, th- I still think that Battlefront 2 has still got a lot of life in it because the the graphics engine is still it still looks really nice. It's still a great looking game and it plays pretty well, minus a few bugs here and there, which you do get a few still, but it's not unplayable or anything like that. It's not like a cyberpunk thing where it's on a console, you just have to shut it down. But I still think there's loads of life left in it. And you can see that because players just want more content because EA made this free, didn't they, over on Steam? I think it was on PC. They've recently made it a free-to-play thing. And it, everyone just went nuts. And because of all the PC players jumping on, all the console players were like, oh, cool, that, mean there's gonna, that means there's going to be more players. So they then jumped on as well. And then EA put this tweet out to say, look, love that you guys are playing it, but you crashed the servers. So they then had to spin up a load new servers to cope with the demand, which was awesome. So I still think that Battlefront 2 has got plenty of um, plenty of steam left in the tank. I really do. I think they should... I know they abandoned updating it and any more content, but they should look to that. But because there's only, I, I can't see what they could do in Battlefront Three that they haven't already done in Two. I don't know, man. Like, there's so many game modes in Battlefront Two now. It's loads of content. I don't know. Loads of characters are all in there. I don't know, man. But it would be cool, put it that way, because that if it was going to be a, a brand new Battlefront, then chances are we're going to be focusing on next gen stuff and. So it would look even better and play better and have more scope for extra characters and stuff. But yeah, I'm not sure if this is a red herring for something else, but I wouldn't be shocked to put it that way. Yeah, you make some really good points, dude. And and it, it feels to me, like you said, it's almost it's almost like running a, a Gears of War out a little bit too soon, like when there's still piles of room or even like a Halo. Like there's always room for the multiplayer. There's always room for a replay through the campaign. Um, and I think with the rise of the DLC and, and, and just being able to expand the content, especially on the next gen games and, and, and the fact that more people have got access to more content that they want now through Game Pass and, you know, everything that goes along alongside that. It does feel a little bit weird to announce something that they would have to try so hard to prove because of what happened with Battlefront 2 as well, with the loot crates, it feels weird to announce that over and above something that they've either got a fresh run at or, you know, something like a Fallen Order 2, which was, you know, uh, which the original was very much a campaign play um, and did so very well. So it, it does feel like a bit of a weird thing. But at the same time, I completely agree with you insofar as the relevance you know, let's 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 keep EA relevant if we are the board of EA when it comes to Star Wars because we have just been, I mean, a, a Grand Theft Auto esque, Spider Man two esque Star Wars game is like ultimate. That's the ultimate. You know, the different types of game that you'll get within that. Everything from a driving game, you know, driving the ships around to the combat to the melee style. It will all be in there in the open world because that's the nature of them. So, if you've got the license, I can see why you would need to announce something, mm-hmm. which is 
But it, it does feel weird that it will be Battlefront 3, given what you've just said about Battlefront 2 having so much life in it. Um, and it's almost like, would the next-gen focus warrant an entirely new game? Or is it something like a patch to upgrade like they just did with Fallen Order? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? It's just, it, it, there's something, the, the notion of it seems right, but the thing that they're announcing doesn't seem to be quite a fit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I read you. And I, probably the only way that it would be feasible is if when, or if they do announce a Battlefront 3, it's right at the early, early days. So we know that game studios typically take, on average, what, three years to make a game? So if they if they do announce it, I would imagine it will be right at that early. We've just literally just put pen to paper and we've just done a little sketch of Luke with some blue milk or a baby Yoda, like, chipping around. And it's going to be released in 2025 or 2024 or something like that. So that would then give you a decent gap between Battlefront 2 and the third one. So, yeah, if we do get announced, if if it does get announced, I imagine it will be something like that because they'll want to leave that window open for Fallen Order 2. And then whatever, because there's another game that's being worked on by EA as well. Not Battlefront, something else. So I imagine for that sake as well, just leave the window open and let those other games breathe a little bit, which is good, which is the whole reason why this Lucasfilm Games thing is now a thing, so they can manage all this stuff properly and and do all that. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, either way, dude, another Star Wars game's fine with me. Keep them coming. Yep. Exactly. I agree. And speaking of which, a uh, little bit of news landed on wegotthiscovered.com, which was, remember the old uh, Star Wars 1313, 13.13, whatever we're calling it. Remember that old game that came out and we got a lot of that gameplay footage, didn't we, a while ago and a lot of the footage that came out and looked pretty badass. Um, like the, the, the trailer, I think it was a fairly long look at the gameplay, if I remember correctly. Um and it was, people went crazy for it because it was this kind of mature rated Boba Fett, you know, stalking the kind of seedy underbelly of Coruscant and, and really being the bounty hunter, you know, really doing the stuff that that, that, that we wanted him to do for such a long time um, that he's then gone on to do in, of course, The Mandalorian, you know, he's become the badass that we all know he could be uh, in The Mandalorian. So there's some rumours kicking around now. Um Apparently, an insider called Daniel Rickman has reported that Star Wars 1313, um, and according to We Got This Covered, the franchise's greatest video game that was never made, could be revived, but here's the skinny, could be revived as either a movie or a TV show, which is quite curious, because the concept of the game is pretty good, but then there's two things in my mind that make this sound like a little bit of bunkum. Number one, Boba Fett's already on The Mandalorian. Who needs more Boba Fett? He's just doing good stuff. Number two, this kind of feels like it would just step massively into Cassian Andor territory. Like it would just be like, you want your spy, you want your espionage, you want your CD underbelly, you want your dirt, your grime, you want your F-bombs now and again. we got a Cassian Andor for that. And it, it just... Because there's that much other good stuff going on, it feels a little bit rubbish to think, <laughs> oh, we're going to take that project. Now, of course, I can understand elements of that project making appearance. You know, the idea of something being set in the lower levels of Coruscant. Fine, I get that. But to call it a revival, that doesn't feel right to me. Um, what about you? Do you, what do you are, we, are we calling BS on this or is there something to it? Yeah, I think this is BS, buddy. 
I think because, oh, dude, no, I remember when his trailer dropped as well. Yeah, I remember it was quite, it was hyped up as, um, along with the story, like this very, uh, a much darker direction for Star Wars games. I remember the, um, they were saying that it was one of the first video games to be made in conjunction with ILM. And those guys were throwing their hat in as well with like all the lighting and shading and visual effects and everything. And then when it, the trailer dropped, it was like, yeah, this is badass. And then he got canned and then the Mandalorian drops and everyone's like, oh, oh, crap. Everybody actually does like that darker side of Star Wars and that bounty hunter thing. Oh, no, we probably should have made the game. But in terms of a TV show, I can't see it, mate. It, it, it feels too close to the Mandalorian. It's like you would have two shows running with a very similar look and feel and um, and two, two protagonists that are wearing bounty hunter helmets. It, it just doesn't seem like it's unique enough and would stand on its own two legs. So I can't see it, bud. No. No, I agree, my man. I completely agree. Um, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel right. Um, it, it just it's sort of one of those things. Like I, I imagine this will just keep coming up over the next few years because it's such a good project that people are interested in. Like I imagine that every three or four years there'll be something going around that it's like, oh, we're finally doing it. We're finally doing it. We're finally doing it. It just smells of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, projects that are being picked up. You know, Star Wars is really, and I think that, you know, they've done this for the last few years. They've kind of annoyed us a little bit with this, where it's like, look, we have 10 projects. Uh Uh-oh, only joking. (laughs) Now we have these five other projects. Uh Uh-oh, only joking. Um, You know, they've got a habit of announcing things. And they did the the, the Benioff and Weiss stuff. They did the Ryan Johnson trilogy. You know, uh, theoretically, those have all just gone by the wayside now. But the one that's not going away is Feige, the old Marvel maestro, the MCU conductor, the man behind Iron Man and everything else, all that connectivity that brings together everything that culminated in Endgame last year. Well, we know that he's been involved in Star Wars and it was announced that Feige would be helming at least one new movie project. And everyone kind of, and I think you and me included, were kind of thinking to ourselves, well, you know, maybe Disney have sucked it up a little bit and realised that this guy can architect a, a decent connectivity between his films and build an expanded universe that's cohesive without feeling too reliant on the other pieces of it. So we all thought to ourselves, I think, that maybe he's going to do this for Star Wars. Well, he's come out, um, he spoke to, uh, well, this is on LRM Online, he spoke to, by the looks of it, he did an interview with Collider, where he basically said, I, I, look, I ain't doing anything else except this one movie. So he's definitely doing this one movie. We've got a Feige movie coming down the wire. He's serving as producer, but he says he's not doing any more. Now, in my view, there are two ways to look at this. There is the take it as it comes. Fine, we'll get a Feige movie. Or there's the let's make sure that people think Disney's all right with Star Wars. Now, I don't want to invoke Doomcock. I don't want to bring Doomcock (laughs) vibes in here. But maybe, you know, maybe... This is just a little bit of, no, 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 we're good with what we've got. Star Wars is doing well. We still believe it. It's sticking to the PR. Um, the cynical side of me can fall on either side of that argument, dude. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I think this is almost a non-story, but I think the, the two things that I think are quite interesting are, number one, we're definitely getting a Feige movie. Number two, the speculation that that then brings. You know what I mean? Because if it does well what we're going to see. If it doesn't do well, what we're going to see. Um, so what's your take on this? Dude, Feige been involved in one movie, but saying he's not involved in anything else. Yeah, on one hand, it's weird, isn't it? Because you just associate him with being the mastermind behind all of the MCU stuff. 
So you would you would think that from a business point of view, his strength is building up that multi-movie um, connected universe stuff. So you would think on one hand, it's like, uh, you know, we, we're bringing this guy over for that very reason. And um, so that that's weird. But then on the other hand, you think, well, let's not let's not forget that outside of doing that whole uh, massive chessboard of of interconnected stuff, he's at his heart. He's actually a very good movie producer. So why not just you know produce a Star Wars film and then that's it. Have done with it. So I'm a, a bit like you, dude. I could fall either way on this one <clears throat> in terms of cynicism. But yeah, I think it's a bit of a non-story, really, in, in terms of Star Wars. I mean, it's like Feige's coming back to do more Star Wars stuff. I don't know. If he is, then cool. If not, then that's also cool. <laughs> in terms of Disney+, Plus, anyway, Star Wars is in a pretty good good place. And this uh, the whole video mm-hmm. game news as well. I think Star Wars is heading in a really good place. So... Yeah. Um, interestingly, we spoke about the Superman movies a couple of weeks ago. I found out that mm-hmm. when Feige starts production on a brand new Marvel film, like right at the beginning, he gets everyone together and they all watch the first Donna Superman film. Cause no way. Yeah, that's pretty Because apparently that's, in his opinion, that's like the archetypal <clears throat> sort of comic book hero. Sort of that's the, the, the yardstick. That's the thing that you measure by. He, he loves it apparently. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That is pretty sweet. I do love that movie. Yeah. But Feige nice. coming back for Star Wars, great. If so, if not, cool. See you later. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, there's a, you know, flashback to a year where we were like, ah, oh, Star Wars in a little bit of a ropey place at the minute. You know, it was the movies, Rise of Skywalker just screwed us all over. The, uh, the Mandalorian just finished season one, and that was the only hope that we had really for the content within star wars you know we of course fallen order was out but actually you know now things fast forward a year things are looking really bright man things are looking different you know so i agree with that sentiment if feige's back and, and, and gonna do more movies all right if he's not back all right we're good you know <laughs> we'll just crack on um now we're gonna wrap up the show with uh, our favorite satirical sarcastic charmer the one and only obi-wan kenobi and there's been a little bit of there's been a little bit, bit of a furore going on about the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. And uh, there are a few places that have been reporting this, but I chose, uh, when I was putting the show kind of on, onto Trello that we used to plan the show, and, and, and uh, I know you'd put it on the Trello board for today, I chose to get the link that we talk about from the Daily Mirror because it's just hilarious, all right? <laughs> so let me, let's finish with this little bad boy, all right? I'm going to read you the headline and then the byline, Okay. Village is furious as Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi film set disrupts local life. And that's in quotes, that disrupts local life, all right? Because then the reporter's clearly like, is it disrupting you? Do you know what I mean? He's doing that. <laughs> the byline is, 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 this is brilliant, right? Get ready for this one. A force has been awoken among the villagers of Little Marlow in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> but it's not a happy one. As they're up in arms over the sudden appearance of a giant film set on their doorstep. So... Couple of things, couple of questions, questions, right? Some questions. Sudden, <laughs> right? Sudden. So they constructed this giant ass set. And if you look at the pictures, dude, it is a giant ass set. 
what did they think was happening when the trucks started rolling in for the weeks that it took to build it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or the days. It's not like they've just woke up one morning. Now, you know, you wake up and it's like, oh my God, it snowed. Yeah. That's sudden. <laughs> all right. That is sudden. <laughs> you can imagine like Sandra opening the door. All right. She's like, oh my word. <sighs> Saturday. Here we go. Out the window. Whips open the curtains. Dennis, yeah? There's a 42,000 square foot film set that's just appeared overnight <laughs> in the front garden. What have you been ordering? And he's like, I don't know, this is not Amazon. So it just, like, this is one of those weird stories, dude, that's like taking on a bit of a life. Basically, Little Marlowe, Buckinghamshire. People are pissed because the Kenobi show's filming. There must have been paperwork for this. There must have been paperwork. The council's gone, a little bit of buns, buns and burn, a nice little earner. Get it in the bank. Jobs are good. And like, there must have been paperwork for this. Yes, it's disruptive. Yes, it's a pain in the ass. But how is it a surprise? How, how does that work, man? Yeah, this is, this is crazy, mate. But the thing is, you were, you were asking for trouble when you looked at the Mirror's website. To any of our listeners who are not in the UK... <laughs> Let me just tell you, the mirror is just this crappy, stupid <laughs> uh, rag of a bloody paint. It's like, anyway, it, it's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the, the reason, you make a good point. It's like all of the trucks that were rolling throughout the into the village for the weeks, months on end it took to build the bloody thing. Are you telling me that nobody, nobody actually said, at the next, plan, the next uh, village planning meeting, Somebody needs to ask where all these trucks are coming from and what they're doing. Like, nobody did that. Like, the, <laughs> the, the people of the village would have been... I'll tell you what, here's a thing, right? The Vicar of Dibley, which is a, a classic comedy here in the UK. Dawn French, very funny. That was filmed in a little village um, uh, just outside where this is being filmed. And all of those people in the village, the production crew and everybody were like look we're going to be filming this thing not going to be too heavy you're going to be some outdoor shots we might build this extra bit on the side of there whatever you know but this is what we're doing any complaints flag it up here all good it, exactly the same thing would have happened in this other little village in buckinghamshire they would have been informed about it way ahead of time and then you know it would have been all good and apparently somebody put on twitter or facebook the other day that Apparently, the villagers are not up in arms. This is just a massive overreaction <laughs> by the media. Apparently, the villagers are like, yeah, actually, we think this is pretty cool. Uh, we think this is very cool because little little John, you heard about our John? He's got himself a job. He's a carpenter now on a film set. So we're loving it. So that's it, mate. Overreaction by the media, as always. But it's kind of cool. Little Johnny making a step for Darth Vader. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, it is a weird non-story. I just thought it was funny how it was reported. Like, dude, in England, if you want to change a sandwich shop to sell hot paninis, you put flyers and posters on every single lamppost saying planning permission required <laughs> for flatbread cooker. Do you know what I mean? Everything is, and it, I just, you could, just the reporter like, all right, Dave, go down and report on this thing. Well, what's the angle? Obi-Wan Kenobi starts filming in England, bringing jobs, money, and interest in these COVID times. No, no, no. No, no, no. Do the up, do the up in arm thing that, that you do. Do the, do the thing. that you, uh, That's the other one. But 
the what? Or the reporter, right? <laughs> Do the up in arms thing, <laughs> right? So he's just had to write this piece, and he's just like, I, I can't, I don't want to do this. I'm just going to, I'm not publishing it. I'm going to send it to the mirror. And then the next day, it's all over the place. So you can just, like, it just seems like bunkum. But just go and have a look at this, right? The set looks pretty badass. We'll talk about that on one of, one of the future episodes. But wrapping up, you know, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is off to, <laughs> depending on where you look, it's either off to a brilliant start or it's off to a bit of a shaky start and we might have to watch for some marauders breaking in at night. Might need a Jedi to protect the set from the angry villagers. Of Little Marlow. Yeah. Little Marlow. Yeah. But you can imagine though, that dude's like, so did you report on that story? Yeah. What happened? Nothing. I went there and they said they were cool with it. Well, we can't, we can't publish that. <laughs> yeah, they all that. seem fine. <laughs> yeah, they all seem fine. They're cool with it. Well, we can't publish that, can we? Uh, let's make it up. Cool. And that's how the mirror works. That's not what I asked you, Dave. <laughs> I didn't ask you whether they were up in arms. I told you to tell them that they were up in arms. <laughs> why don't you do what I ask you to do, Dave? This is not why you're here to report on the truth, Dave. <laughs> 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 speculation of course I'm sure this is, I'm sure this is a very true story alright let's stick a pin in it oh my word well this has been fun as always. Um, <laughs> well, you tell me my permission. I don't need your permission. Well, you've got it anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> this has been fun as always. Oh, this has been good. Now, in case you didn't know, we're live on YouTube next week for our first ever live stream, 3pm UK, 10am Eastern for your beautiful American people. Come along and join us. It's over at Sparker Rebellion. Just do a search on YouTube for that, of course. We'll be live streaming the recording of the broadcast. You'll get to see our beautiful faces. And uh, we'll just have a bit of extra banter over there as well. So come along. Do join in on patreon.com slash sparkrebellion. Hit, hit us up on the socials if you would like to have a little bit of back and forth about the residents of Little Marlow. And whether, if you, you know what, if you're from Little Marlow, let us know. What are the odds that we've got a listener in Little Marlow? Let us know on social media. <laughs> are you annoyed? Yes or no? All right. Please just let us know. Um, so until next week. We will love you and leave you. Enjoy yourselves. Gaz, thank you, dude. It's been a pleasure. And thanks again for holding the fort down last week. No worries, my man. Thank you very much to all of our listeners that have jumped on board and listened to the show again this week. New listeners, welcome aboard. Our long-time listeners, welcome back. Thank you very much to our patrons as well. Thank you very much for your continued support. It's awesome. Uh, check us out over on sparkrebellion.com and also on the socials. Just do a search for us there. We will see you, see you next time. Until then, stay uh, healthy and safe. We love you guys. And may the force be with you always. Hello there. This is Little Marlow. There's none of that round here. Get out. <laughs> <laughs>